Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 49 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode the Stardew Valley Novice Edition, which I think you'll figure out what I'm going to talk about. I'll talk about other stuff too, but I will be talking about Stardew Valley. Um, I played a little bit more of it, and I'll give you some more impressions of it, uh, but first, um, you can get this episode Monday morning at 7 a.m. at my website, which is www.gamingwithgrief. So go there, uh, leave a comment below, let me know what you think of the episode. You can also go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, write me an email, let me know what you think. Uh, You know, if you want me to read it over the air, I will. If not, I won't. Um, Go there. And also, I'm uh, happy to report that uh, all of my episodes are now on iTunes. I might have announced that last time. But just to recap, um, I'm recording this on Sunday, and I'm going to update the feed. Uh, When I do that, it seems since I'm already in the system, it goes pretty quick. So uh, after I uploaded, I noticed it was up Sunday night, and it starts going out to feed Sunday night. So if you subscribe to me on iTunes, you can get the podcast Sunday night, um, and you can you know like, subscribe, share, that kind of stuff there. I try to go on Twitter, which you can get a hold of me on Twitter, which I keep forgetting to send people. But you can find me on Twitter under Just Little Joe, um, or you can just go to the link for the podcast and leave a, you know a comment or something. I'll just let me know what you think of the the podcast um, in general. So I haven't really seen any comments or anything. Uh, I didn't get any emails yet, but you know what? I've only been on iTunes for about two weeks, so that's kind of to be expected, I'm sure. Uh, it's weird when 40 some odd, I think like 44 or 45 episodes of the podcast hit in one or two days. So that might have been a little strange. So maybe, you know, maybe you haven't found it yet. That's totally fine. Um, yeah, but I, uh, I got some good news. I found out that I, uh, I, that my work, there was some essential work, uh, and my boss emailed me and I went back to work last week. So, uh, it feels good to work again. I was denied unemployment. I think I mentioned that in a past podcast. That also got cleared up, uh, strangely enough, in our state of Washington. Uh, unemployment called me to clear it up, which I thought was really strange. Um, not like strange and bad, just, you know, you don't really hear about this stuff happening, but the uh, good representative for the state unemployment talked to me a little bit, talked about why my case was denied, said it had been cleared up, and in the next week I should receive my back pay. So that's a good feeling, too, you know, when uh, some money will come in. So, uh, again, my wife and I were really lucky. We had savings, and she was still working. But there is a weird sensation when nothing comes in, you know, and everything's going out. It's kind of a strange sensation, but things are better now. I worked uh, Thursday and Friday, and I'll work uh, next week that I know of, uh, pretty much from now on. It sounds like uh, our governor is opening up construction. So um, he made an announcement on Twitter that he's working with construction companies, and it sounds like in the next week he'll start opening up construction again. So it seems like a lot of my friends in the same trades are going to start going back to work. So that's good news for people in the construction industry. Um, my wife and I are still trying to be safe. We take this stuff very seriously. We have hand sanitizer. We now have masks when we go out. In fact, uh, her birthday is Monday, and I got her an office chair. We went to the local office supply store. Uh, everybody was wearing masks. Uh, they were all very nice. Uh, we had masks. Um, it's just part of life now. You know, you go to the store where we're wearing a mask. Um, it, it's, it was weird at first, but now it's not weird. It's just what you do. You know, we use hand and sanitizer when we went in and left the store and we washed our hands when we came back, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of the world we live in now. So if you're out there, be safe. Uh, and remember, I, I think, you know, through all this stuff, I think that I've heard 
Uh, I try to watch the news. I try to stay well informed. Whatever you think about what uh, the coronavirus is, I think what I have realized is it's it's not really about what I think it is. Meaning, whatever your prejudice, prejudices are, it is a disease. It's a sickness. And it can affect people in different ways. Some people are asymptomatic. And you could be very lucky and be one of those, which it seems like there's varying degrees in the news on how people are, you know, um, you know, asymptomatic or anything like that. Or you could be deeply affected by it and have to be in the hospital, be on a ventilator. Uh, it seems like all this information is preliminary, and so we don't know the particulars. But what I realize is that it, it isn't about me. You know, me wearing a mask isn't a big uh, inconvenience to go to the store. You put the mask on. Uh, and you go to the store. If you have to wear rubber gloves, if you can find them, I know sometimes they might be in short supply, wear gloves or just wear regular gloves. Uh, and uh, to me, it's such a minor inconvenience uh, to just make sure people that are, you know, maybe aren't as blessed as I am, maybe their immune system is compromised or they're uh, just older and just have, a, you know, they just have a higher chance of getting a disease. To me, it's a mild inconvenience and it's not about me anymore. You know, it's about everybody else. So I kind of felt that a lot. I mean, you know, you read a lot. I understand people are very anxious. There's a lot of protests. People want to get back to work. Um, but, you know, everybody's bringing up the Spanish flu that happened in 1917 and 1918. And I've read about that. I'm not an expert. But, you know, we haven't experienced like this, anything like this for literally 100 years. Uh, we're in a brand new place. And so, you know, there's people yelling on one side saying, you know, we're, we're being too drastic. Uh, you know, we need to open things up. Uh, stop being a baby. Uh, just, you know, we should, we should go about what we, you know, the way we, we normally do. We should open the economy. And there's a group of people saying, shut it all down, lock it all down. We should all be in bunkers. Um, you know, uh, and my, my response to all that is, um, you know, this is new. So when everybody makes fun of, especially scientific experts and stuff, and says, you know, what are we doing? What do they know? You know what? You're right. They don't know everything, and they're trying to get as much data as they can to make an informed decision, and they have changed their minds a lot. There has been a thing of like, oh, you don't need masks. Now you need masks. Um, but they're just trying to use information that they have to make a good judgment, you know? And uh, again, wearing a mask is such a minor inconvenience, and, uh, you know, keeping everything to non-essentials is such a minor inconvenience. I'm willing to do that if we could all go back to the way things were. So uh, stay safe. Wash your hands out there. Uh, check on your family. Make sure everybody's safe. And, uh, you know, let's just get into something a little bit, uh, you know, less heavy. So, um, yeah, I, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I've been playing uh, Stardew Valley more. I played it a little bit like a month ago, I think I mentioned on the show. Um, I dipped back in. The reason was my wife picked it up uh, for a very cheap price. And um, she started playing it, and she's hooked. It's crazy to see how hooked she got into this game. I didn't really think it was her type of game. She was looking at Animal Crossing, and we were talking about it. Uh, we both played Animal Crossing New Leaf that came out on the 3DS. I want to say in like 20... Man, it must have been like 2011 or 2012. Maybe a little bit later than that. Uh, no, it's probably later than that. Long story short, it came out a long time ago. And uh, we played it. And I think the thing that bothered me, I didn't mind the... You know, people were like, oh, it's a pretty simple game. You know, you... You know, you pick weeds, you clean your town, people, you know, the animals come to your town, uh, everybody has a good time, uh, you build homes, you do, you know, recipes, all this cool stuff. I think the thing that dragged on my wife and I at the time uh, was just the, the people complain to you about stuff, you know, they'll complain when you're not doing certain things. Uh, that seems 
kind of frustrating a little bit, you know? Uh, the fact that uh, you're just trying to have fun and do certain things like, yeah, I want to make the town look this way. I want to make the town look that way. I got into this idea for a table or wallpaper. I want to go, you know, I want to go fishing or I want to do this. And when you come back to town, all the animals, I mean, they're all adorable, but they're all very much like, hey, you know, my garden and yard is pretty messed up. Could you pick those weeds? Like, I think it's the demands that other people make on you that kind of breaks that game for me. So my wife and I were kind of talking about it, and she said, uh, you know, Animal Crossing does look fun, and my sister's playing it, but, you know, we played it uh, with a, you know, new leaf, and we just, it didn't click. And I said, well, you try Stardew Valley. I've heard good things. You know, I talked about it on the podcast, and uh, a lot of people love that game. And I said, it seems more singular focused, like you kind of uh, working on your farm, and you can have relationships in town. People do come to your farm, but they don't look at your farm and tell you to, like, grow turnips or something you know they it's you doing it to your farm you get to terraform your farm you know clear the land cut down trees uh make farmland the way you want to make farmland uh there's combat in it you can go to the mines and mine ore and upgrade your tools and get better weapons all that kind of stuff is really cool and i like it because it's a sense of like singular kind of discovery uh, again there's not that outside pressure of people talking at you and telling you what to do, you know, that like, oh, you know what would be really great if you did X, Y, and Z? I had that feeling in in Animal Crossing New Leaf where I felt like they were kind of dictating to me, uh, you know, what to do, which I understand from a gameplay perspective, it's kind of to push you along to like, hey, try this and try that. But I think the way Stardew Valley handles it is just like people randomly show up to your house and say, hey, I got this thing, you might want to try it out. And then they, they leave, you know? Or, like, the mayor will come and say, hey, check out this building. We should probably, uh, you know, we should probably fix it up. But he doesn't tell you you have to, and then he leaves. So it's like, cool, there's another project I could look into, you know. Uh, And I don't know, I haven't, I think I'm only, like, eight or nine days in. I'm in spring. Uh, I don't think he comes back and bugs you about not fixing up the community center, you know. It's something you can do. And I I like that kind of, like, oh, just look at this thing that's kind of cool and the hands-off approach of that. Uh, you know, and it is kind of cool. Just you get that thing like today, my wife and I went outside and uh, uh, we were doing yard work and stuff. She kind of cleaned inside a little bit. I did yard work outside. And then we came inside and played Stardew Valley and she was like farming and, and uh, crafting stuff and mining. And I was cleaning up my farm and making a fence around where I was going to plant some uh, parsnips which strangely enough is like really relaxing, uh, you know, and uh, it's like the only thing that uh, I don't really get in the game so far is the stamina meter. It seems to run out pretty quickly. You run out of energy. Um, And the only way to do it is to eat things to get energy back up. But obviously early on, you don't have a lot of money. You can obviously grow things to give you energy, like you can eat apples and different things. Uh, But uh, right now, um, you know, I'm starting out trying to grow potatoes uh, and some parsnips. And I think... Uh, oh, I got some mixed seeds. When you clear the land, sometimes you find some mixed seeds. Long story short, I'm really enjoying the game. It is strangely relaxing. And even that pressure that Animal Crossing is relaxing, but even that pressure of the townspeople coming to you requesting things for you to do is gone. So it's you just kind of envisioning how you want uh, your place to look. And I think you can even upgrade your house. Uh, it's a lot of money. But um, I just like it. To me, it even seems even more laid back than Animal Crossing, but in a positive way. So... Uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife will be on next week to talk about it because she's put quite a bit of time into it. I haven't put as much, but we're going to pool our resources next week and talk to you more about Stardew Valley. And we'll probably both talk about how many hours we have in the game because, you know, uh, the Nintendo Switch, we're both playing on the, the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it has an internal clock, so we'll be able to tell you how long uh, 
uh, we were on the game. So, yeah, I think that'll end my Stardew Valley uh, TED Talk. And I think next I'll talk about, uh, really quickly, uh, The Division 2. Uh, I'm playing it off and on with some friends. Last night, uh, Saturday night, we did something that a friend of mine had done in the group, one of my clan members had done, and he started talking to me about, which was doing a mission and uh, one of the, taking one of the control points at an alert level four, which I'd seen those alert levels pop up and things like that. And he said, you know, it's really fun but difficult, and you probably get pretty good loot. So we all kind of buckled down and did that. And uh, let me tell you, that was probably one of the most difficult things I've done in the game. I haven't done the raid, so I can't compare it to that. But it is very difficult. All the enemies become either veterans or elites. Uh, You have to do a lot of damage to them. Uh, There's a lot of them. And uh, it just seems like you don't do, even with uh, some of our groups specced out for damage and things like that, it is a fight. But uh, he was really right. It was really gratifying to kind of get done with it and defeat everybody and say, finally, be like, yes, I can't believe we did this. It was great. The only problem was at the end, we really didn't get a lot of good loot. So we got a tons of XP, though, for clearing it, which was kind of nice because uh, in the the post-Warlords of New York uh, expansion, you know, you get a watch level. Uh, and then you get, I usually get uh, specialization points. So it's a good way to kind of max out my specialization points uh, towards a certain level. Uh, so that was a good feeling to do that. Uh, it was really fun, and I want to do it again. I don't know some of the things for the new bounty for the new rogue agent, Saturn. Uh, you have to take out control points. I don't think I want to do every control point at a, an alert level four. It just seemed like it was really difficult uh to do that all the time but it was a good experience to be like oh you know and supposedly um if you get other control points up to alert level four some of the bosses and named people will drop like very good recipes for weapons and equipment uh so um we might try it again but i don't think i'm gonna do it every day but uh, it was really fun it was cool to be with a group of people and, you know, people are getting down. You're reviving them. Uh, the actual AI is really good. The officer that comes with the reinforcements that you call will actually revive you as long as they're up. And they're actually pretty good at, um, you know, getting right there when you're downed. And uh, they can actually take a hit. So people will be shooting at them and they're still reviving you, which is nice because if you, that's happening to your teammate, they also obviously have a chance to get down, which is kind of unfortunate, which happened to us, which is pretty funny where you're like, oh, come get me. And someone's like, I got you, you know, and they'd be getting you and they'd be reviving you and then someone would just be like just lighting them up with the machine gun or something and they're taking hits while they're trying to revive you they would ultimately revive you and then they would get downed or you would be just about to get to them and you would be downed uh it was really great but it was really crazy it got really crazy for a while so um but it was really fun again i don't think i'm going to do it all the time but it was really gratifying to see what that was like and experience the alert level four of a uh of a, a control point in the division two, so it was fun. So um, let's see what the next thing I want to talk about is. Uh, all right, guys, let's let's get serious now. I'm going to talk about Final Fantasy 14. All right, and here's the deal: uh, I do enjoy the game; it is very fun. Uh, what I find amazing is again, I haven't played since. Man, so Shadowbringers came out like mid last year in June of last year. I bought the game as a uh, package. I think I mentioned this last podcast, but I got it as a package. So I got Shadowbringers, a new expansion, and all the previous expansion, which was Stormblood and Heavensward. I think the way that it went released was uh, Heavensward was first, uh, then it was Stormblood, and uh, the newest one is Shadowbringers. Like I said, it came out last year. So as part of a package for 40 bucks, I got all three expansions. 
which was cool. Uh, and I was like, that's a really good deal, you know, because I was looking online to try to save money because I did enjoy the game. And I thought, well, if it's like 10 or 15 bucks. Uh, but the new expansion with all that stuff was 40 And I was like, well, three expansions for 40 bucks that's actually a pretty good price. Pulled the trigger. Uh, logged in. I think I had like, a, you, you had like, you get like a free week, I think, when the expansion came out or something. So I logged in and did a little work. Uh, I made a couple of alts, but what I did ultimately is deleting them because they were low level and they were also kind of... I have altaholics a lot in MMOs, meaning that I make a lot of alternate characters and I don't really stick with them. You know, I kind of bounce around. Uh, but what I did is I ended up deleting those and sticking with my main paladin, which is pretty much a warrior. Uh, I think I've described how the class and job system works. Long story short, you get to level 30, you have a, uh, you have, you have a, a role, you know, like a gladiator, like a, like a warrior or something. And then you, have, you get a soul stone and you become a job, which is where... Uh, job in the classes is kind of, I think you start out with a job and then you get a class. Anyway, long story short, I might have reversed that. But basically, you upgrade what you're already doing and you get better abilities. So uh, being a gladiator, there's certain things I couldn't do that a uh, that a paladin can do. Like you get a sword oath, so like a defensive thing as a paladin, or, uh, or a shield oath, which is defensive, and a sword oath, which is offensive. Uh, and I mostly just picked, you, have, you pick a role, I pick shield. Uh, because I think that's what most people go for in dungeons. Uh, they've retooled that a little bit on what, how certain abilities work and stuff. But long story short, I log back in. The, uh, part of the COVID-19, uh, you know, everybody's staying at home. Uh, Square Enix uh, decided to give people an eight-day free pass that have not logged in uh, in a while. And I hadn't logged in in a while. So I logged in for eight days and thought, you know what? I want to get this character. I just finished the main campaign. You get an achievement for finishing the main campaign. And I, I said... Uh, you know, I'm going to do this. I want to go to Heavensward, which is the second expansion. I want to go to that area and experience that content. So I have eight free days. So let me uh, go do that. So I looked online, did some research. And let me tell you guys, uh, luckily there's uh, some wikis out there uh, that will just list uh, the main story missions. You can They have hot links. So you can click on them and find out what you have to do. But what I did is I didn't take any other mission except for the main mission because I thought, you know, I don't want to get my head lost and all these side quests and stuff. I just want to focus on the main mission so I can get to Heavensward. Well, the deal is, before Heavensward was released, obviously the company released many patches and missions to kind of bridge the gap between the story, which Final Fantasy XIV is actually very story-oriented, between uh, the main campaign and Heavensward. So I did the math, everybody. So there were six patches between uh, heaven, between the main campaign and Heavensward when it came out. Each patch had a number of quests uh, you know, um, that you had to complete to get to the next patch. So you know, if you're playing it uh, as it was being released, you're just logging into the game every day, uh, you know, doing, you know, doing uh, whatever your dailies, maybe crafting some stuff, maybe going doing some missions, maybe doing some raids, and you're like, okay, let me do this one story mission. So it probably wasn't a big deal. But someone like me who's coming back into the game that hasn't played in probably six months, let me tell you guys, it was a chore. So I wrote these notes down. So the first patch that came out, um, they had patch numbers. It was like 1.25 and then 2.5 and then 2.55. And they all had, um, you know, like a descriptor under it, like the warriors of eorzea and then the defenders of eorzea i didn't write all those down but i i, I have some numbers for you so between uh the main game and a heaven sword there was six patches so the first patch has 19 main story quests to get to the next patch now again if you're playing this every day it's not a big deal right but for me logging back in you're like okay 19 missions uh ah, that might not be that bad you know maybe we'll knock it out in a day 
Yeah. Uh, so maybe, yeah, if I just stay online for like four hours. But uh, it wasn't just, hey, go there, you know, go to this place, talk to this guy and come back. A lot of it was, hey, go to this guy and come back. Oh, you know what? We're missing something. Could you go over here and talk to this person and then come back here? So that happened several times. And there was 19 of those to get to the next patch. Yeah, 19. So the second patch is another 19 missions. Yeah, another 19 missions. And then you're just getting to the next patch. Same thing. Can you go talk to this guy? Oh, you know what? While you're in town, can you just recruit some people while you're here? Just go in town and start talking to people while you're here to, uh, you know, see if they'll help us out. And I was like, really? And then I kept looking down this wiki list of like, how many more of these? The third patch, there was another 19 missions. Now, I just finished the third patch missions. I think I actually, I have like two or three missions left on the third patch. So this is how far deep I am. So the first patch, 19. The second one, 19. The third one, 19. The fourth patch has 19 missions. That's right. So you're still going, right? You got six patches. You got two more. Five, for whatever reason, it was a quick patch. There's only eight missions to go. Yeah, there's only eight. Then you're on to the next patch. Now, the sixth, uh, the sixth patch had 16 missions. Right. So I was reading online when I was doing all the research of this, and somebody goes, you know, how do I get to Heavensward? I just finished a main campaign. This was obviously years ago. And they said, hey, man, just to let you know, there's like 100 quests to get to, uh, you know, the Heavensward. You have to go to somebody, and they have to tell you to take an airship somewhere, and then you get to the Heavensward land. Ishtar, I think it's called. So I was like, oh, that's a funny joke, 100 quests. No, no, I did the math. It's exactly 100 missions. So you have to do 100 missions, 100 missions just to get to uh, um, Ishtar, you know, the Heavensward content. And uh, I was online, and, you know, there's always that group of people that play a game so passionately and so much. They're very vocal about it. Uh, there was a YouTube streamer. I don't know her name, but she was very passionately, this was years ago, telling people, you know, the basics, funny things that happen when you start the game, what you should look out for. Now, in Final Fantasy XIV, you can go to the uh, the shop on your account, and you can actually buy story skip potions or level skip potions. So you're like, you know what? I don't want to do these story quests. I'm just going to drink this potion, and I'm going to just get to level 70. So in Stormblood, uh, the level cap was 70. Now in uh, Shadowbringers, the level cap is 80. So you're basically going all the way to Stormblood. Pretty cool, right? You think, oh, that's pretty neat. Uh, those are $25 or $18, depending on what you want, because you can either skip the stories or you can skip levels. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, long story short, uh, that video I saw, the YouTube video, the, the woman was emphatically telling you not to buy the story skip missions. You know, she said, don't do it. Um, I, I think maybe that's for your main character. So, like, my paladin is really like figuratively and literally falling on the digital sword uh getting all these main quests out of the way that way my other characters may just say you know what i want to story skip i don't want to do this i just want to go to level 70 uh but that's another cost on top of subscribing to the game so that was a little frustrating to go through and say oh i'm not even there yet but i need to get there you know it, again it's a good game it's really fun i started to learn more about the rotation of my character uh every i feel the, the only other little thing which i think i mentioned last week or the week before whenever i talked about it before the only thing that bugs me about the game is you uh they make you do dungeons for the story 
And if you don't understand your role, if you don't have somebody to kind of guide you, uh, you know, you can try looking at videos, but it's hard. If you're not in voice chat with somebody and they can't communicate to you that, uh, you know, this is what you need to do, try this, try this, try this. Trying to read it while you're being attacked at the same time is difficult. And responding, uh, I'm playing on PS4, having to respond on kind of an on-screen keyboard and type responses is also very difficult. So, uh, and also I hadn't played the game in a while and had to log back in. So that was another reason why it was difficult to, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Again, I enjoy the game. It's great. But uh, there, I think there is like some kind of mentor system that you can get involved with where people can mentor you and kind of show you kind of the ropes. Um, it may be worth trying to uh, join like a free company, which is like a guild and have someone do that. But it's hard to tell people, hey, I'm not going to be playing the game every day of every week. You know, like I dip in and out, which is usually what I do. Usually now when I want to play, I just get the prepaid card on Amazon and play for two months. And then I'm good for six or eight months. Don't think about it. And then every once in a while, I'm like, I should go back and see how my characters are doing, how, I'm, how it's going. So that's how I try to balance it. And if I join a free company, it'll be very difficult to convince people you know what, man, I'm just going to be here for about two months and then I bounce. It's hard for people to put that kind of time in, especially if you're trying to do any kind of serious rating and stuff like that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm a filthy casual. So maybe there is a casual free company out there that I can join that they can kind of show me the ropes. That would be kind of nice because I'm still kind of uh, hazy on crafting. I mean, I know the basics of it, but literally just the basics. Uh, so maybe I should join a free company uh, if I decide to describe to the game. I haven't decided yet. I don't think I will. Uh, but like, again, if I do, maybe I'll join a free company and maybe all this will go away and it will be better. So yeah, I think that's all I got to say about Final Fantasy XIV. My time ran out. They do guilt you into immediately going to the store page and buying subscription time. I did not do that. I just let it go. I logged in. It says you don't have any time and I just logged out of the game. So um, yeah, a lot of willpower there. No, just kidding. Uh, so what's the last thing I want to talk about? So the last thing is, I, this is all about me, right? So I'm just going to be really honest. So we, this isn't that bad. It's a little bad. So we did Dragon Age uh, pen and paper yesterday with the group. So this is the penultimate uh, session, right? This is the big thing with there was a lot of words. There was talking. There was planning. And this was setting up everything that will be the ultimate confrontation with the big bad. Uh, and so uh, the player characters did planning. There was a side mission that I wasn't expecting. Uh so I had to come up with something on the fly for the side mission. Um, so that all got planned. And then they went to the main mission and they discovered the big secret that they had been looking for in the campaign, what was going on. Uh, there was some clarification back and forth. Uh, but again, this is the depressing part about me. So we're doing, uh, we're doing everything online. We're using Roll20. So we all have webcams and we're talking to each other. Um, and there's just an en a different energy and vibe to that, trying to convey a story and asking if people understand. And basically, at the end of the campaign, which we were trying to wrap up, the big revelation was that uh, my character, which is basically a glorified NPC, and one of the player characters, basically, uh, he, without giving anything away, his character is defending something, and my character is charged with killing it. Uh, I set this up from the beginning. I didn't want them to be adversaries because I didn't know how the other player character would take, how the actual player character would take, you know, the revelation that the thing he's trying to defend uh, is actually, we'll just say that the thing he's trying to defend is evil. If it's come to determine that he's evil, and my character says, if it's evil, I have to kill it. 
Uh, if you know anything about uh, Dragon Age, he's a warden, which means he doesn't like Darkspawn. So that's all I'll say about the campaign. So what's weird is, um, you know, I don't know if... Uh, I, I blew it, I think, as a DM, uh, and... I was trying to get people to speak during the planning stage because they've all been on different... There's three uh, player characters. They've all been in different areas of the world at different times, mostly together but sometimes separately, and they all know different pieces of the puzzle that's been happening around the world. So during the planning phase, I really wanted them to look um, you know, and talk and stuff like that and egg them on just a little bit with some NPCs, which I tried to do, but I think maybe I blew it as a DM and I should have said, hey guys, you know, before this happens, really look at your notes and uh, really, uh, you know, look at the items you have because they were looting bodies that had information on it. They were looting bodies with money, like maybe they'd find something that wasn't evidence. And maybe I should have telegraphed that a little bit more because we kind of did it in the moment of the planning session and one that takes a long time and it kind of bogs everything down. But I still wanted all the information to get out there. So I, I hope that it did. But I think the end, uh, because I ended the campaign right on the two characters basically getting in a fight, and I don't think it hit the way that I wanted it to hit. In fact, that night, uh, Saturday night, we finished Saturday night. And then like an hour later, I got in the division with uh, two of the people that were in the campaign. And we were talking. And I said, you know, you guys have a good time. And uh, one of the player characters said, Where, what are you, self-conscious? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> what, am I going to lie to you? Yeah, I am. And he said, well, I had a really good time. I didn't really see. Uh, he wasn't the one. Uh, they weren't the ones that were kind of involved in the big twist of the story. They were just kind of bystanders watching what happened. Um, so I think what's going to happen is next campaign, we're going to meet in another two weeks. I'm probably going to meet uh, with the character that was uh, adversary, basically, the one who is the defender, and my character is trying to kill this evil. I'll basically probably log on with him early and try to kind of get everything worked out and maybe we could talk it over and stuff like that because um i did keep notes in the campaign he said something he's like well you know this has happened before like the, you know it's not he, he basically was trying to defend his his ward the thing he was trying to fence in well it's not that it, it couldn't be this thing because we've seen all this stuff before it's happened it's not him it's someone else uh we need to go after them and my character's like no and it wasn't someone else it's your it's your ward it's your it's it was your problem you know so i think maybe i'll log on early with him uh just to kind of clear the air and like not clear the air like we didn't get in a big fight it just i think what it was was when you're looking at a video screen and the player characters seem pretty impressed i'm not like trying to toot my own sam a great story terror but they generally seem impressed with the twist and how it came out um, and they were like, wow, you know, I didn't really see that. And his reaction was like, ah, which I understand it may seem like I'm screwing him over because, you know, the whole campaign he's been trying to defend this thing. And now my character is attacking him. I totally get that. So I think what I'll do is maybe talk to him early on in the campaign and say, OK, so this is my intention. Uh, if you have any questions, ask it now, um, you know, because the next campaign is going to be a big fight. Uh, it's going to be like the massive epic battle at the end of a uh, movie. And then there'll be an epilogue, you know, the the penultimate, you know, the the downhill trend on the triangle of writing, if you will. You know, the uh, there's a French word for it, I don't know, but it's it's basically the wind down. You know, everything's resolved. People kind of go back to their lives. Some things change. Uh, you know, some things are definitely different, but it's kind of like the come down off a big battle. It's usually like in a 10 episode series. You know, nine is like the big battle, and then ten is kind of everybody going, "Wow, it's a really bad battle." Well, what do you got to do? Well, we got to rebuild this, and you got to see if so and so is okay, and I'll go do this, and we'll meet back up or whatever. You know, that's basically what 
the second campaign going to be this next campaign is going to be the big fight. So I'm looking forward to sitting with everybody and like planning it and uh, getting a map and having this big epic battle because it's taking place in like one of the biggest cities in the Dragon Age universe. Um, so I'm like I said, I'm really looking forward to that. So it'll be really fun to see everybody kind of come together. But I think generally everybody had a good time. And I think um, if the if we're you know the social distancing is relaxed, um, I'll maybe see if I can have them over to my place, and we can just do like a chat about what they thought about the campaign. Maybe they'll have them grade me, or we'll just like spitball. Maybe maybe not grade me because that'll be debilitating to my ego. But um, <coughs> maybe I will have them just we'll just talk about what they liked and didn't like, and then we'll kind of talk about what we're gonna do next. So I think that's what we're gonna do. So yeah, I think that about does it for the week. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. Stay safe out there, guys. Again, this will this podcast will hit uh, my website Monday morning at seven a.m. Uh, go to www.gamingwithgrief.com. Uh, leave a comment below the podcast thumbnail, uh, or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Write me a line. Let me know what you think. And find the podcast. It's called the Gaming with Grief Podcast. I put the podcast at the end. I don't know why, because they're all podcasts. That may have been redundant. I might be able to fix that. Long story short, it's the Gaming with Grief Podcast, and this will be episode 49. It'll go up probably Sunday night or Monday morning. So look for it there. Uh, you know, leave me a review. Let me know what you think. And uh, stay safe. Check on your family members. Wash your hands. And uh, everybody have a good week. All right. Bye. Thank you.